0: All right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today we're going to be talking about health habits and five of them specifically that can help you with your productivity. So First, we'll dig into the difference between being productive and being busy, and then we're going to talk about the five health habits that I've implemented over the last five years that have completely transformed my productivity as a person uh, and as a business owner. And For all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com and grab your copy of the bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. It's going to be an absolute game changer, book.com. Check it out now. Now let's get on with the show. All right, so first and foremost, let's talk about busyness and productivity. What is the difference between being busy and being productive? Because majority of our world is incredibly busy. Everybody's busy. I bet you're busy. I bet your friends are busy. I bet your mom is busy. I bet your everybody's busy, right? But who's actually being productive? What's the difference? Well, it's pretty simple. It's just, it's in the verb, it's in or it's in the word, it's in the definition, right? Busy means you have a lot of stuff going on. Productive means you're producing a result. You're producing the desired outcome, okay? Now, we all have 24 hours in a day, and the truth is not everybody produces the same amount of results, right? So how do we become someone that produces uh, better results in a shorter amount of time is what we're really after at here. Now, there's a lot of tactics and a lot of strategies to this. So, you know, I, I teach this and what I call my Get Shit Done training, which you can actually get uh, for free when you get our book and you opt in to sidlickbook.com. I teach the tactics of how to become more productive. I tell people you know, how uh, not every task is created equal. There are high leverage tasks and low leverage tasks, and you want to be doing less low leverage and more high leverage, and how to pick what's what and how to actually focus on those things. So if you want that, get the book and go check out the Get Shit Done training that we're giving away for free at www.sidlickbook.com. But today, we're going to talk about the habits that can help you be more productive, right? Because I only work about 40 hours a week. And everybody, everybody always comments, all of my my friends and colleagues that are entrepreneurs always comment like, Zinder, like, you must work like 80 hours a week because you just get so much done in a week. Um and I always tell them, they're always amazed when I'm like, ah, I probably work like 35, 40 hours a week. Um and they're always like, what the hell? There's no way, right? And I always have to tell people, you know, when I was in my entrepreneurial journey, when I first started, I, I started to become an entrepreneur because I realized that the one resource more important than money was time, right? But then as I became a successful entrepreneur, I realized that the one resource more important than time was focus and energy, right? So I always tell people I would rather work 40 hours a week, but be 100% focused and energized and productive during those 40 hours than work 80 hours a week and be you know 50% focused and energized and productive, right? Because then you're just wasting time right? So if you're more focused and more energized and more productive in fewer hours, then you get to spend those other hours doing things that actually matter to you, like uh, personal development, self-care, hanging out with your family, uh, traveling, learning, whatever it might be, things that really matter to you, right? Now, Forbes did a study recently that found that 80% of Americans want to be more efficient and more productive. So I'm going to give you the five health tips that I've implemented over the last five years. And I've, I've tested a lot. I've probably tested, you know, a couple dozen different things that people have told me I should try. Uh, I, I, I don't consider myself a professional biohacker, uh, but I do consider myself uh, an engineer. And engineers like to trial and error to figure out how to get iterations and get things better, right? So these are going to be the five health tips that drastically changed my productivity and focus over the last uh, five years or so. Now, the first one is a no-brainer. You've helped me, you've heard me talk about it a million times. It's meditation. Right. So meditation, if you're not meditating, like I don't know what you think you're doing. Right. If you're not meditating, there's so much science behind the uh, the fact that meditation can help you in virtually every area of your life. So meditation obviously can help you mentally with your focus, your productivity. It can help you emotionally move through anxiety, stress, uh, uh, depression, anything like that. Um, it can help you become more empathic and connected to the people that you care about. So you build stronger relationships. When you meditate, you actually release hormones in your body that cause you to look and feel younger. So you actually become sexier, right? By meditating. No joke. You become sexier by meditating. So, um, if you're not meditating, just get rolling. I have a lot of podcasts that talk about it. Um, but just get rolling in it. Now, the thing that I want to talk about specifically is focus and productivity. So, focus and produ- productivity is like a muscle. Now, when you're practicing those muscles, now, meditation requires focus, it requires will, it requires, uh, um, that that intention and that concentration and none of us start out well and i think this is one of the reasons why people stop meditating is because in the beginning you're not great at focusing and, and having concentration but you need to remember it takes practice just like when you go to the gym the first time you go to the gym you're not going to be able to squat 500 pounds right or 300 pounds or something you're going to start by just squatting the bar and getting your form right and you're going to do that for a few weeks and then you're going to add some weight to you and then you add some weight to it and over the course of doing that for like a year maybe you'll start squatting some real weight right? But it's the same thing with your mind, with your mental muscle, right? So the more you use it, the more that you practice flexing it, the stronger it will become, right? But also remember, it goes the other way as well. If you're a professional athlete and all of a sudden you stop, uh, you stop lifting weights and you stop working out and you stop, Uh, You stop flexing that muscle and and you stop eating well, it starts to atrophy. So uh, practicing and building that muscle, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? So you need to use it so that it will develop. The brain, it's scientifically proven that the brain is like a muscle and it can expand and grow and develop. Neuroplasticity has been proven now. The brain doesn't stop developing at like 20 years of age or whatever it is everybody thought. It keeps going. Neuroplasticity is a thing. Um, So meditation is number one. Number two is something that I refer to as delayed gratification. Now, if you've ever heard of this, uh, it's incredibly important. So basically what it means, it means delaying Instant gratification. Now, subconsciously or actually, uh, evolutionarily, our brain, our brain, our evolutionary side of our brain, uh, triggers dopamine responses whenever we're instantly gratified. Things like looking at our phone or uh, eating salty and sugary foods, taking drugs. Right when when you uh, when you were if you were to do cocaine or something, it would immediately hit your dopamine response, and that's why drugs are so addicting. Same reason why social media is so addicting. Same reason why. Uh, and healthy fast foods are so addicting. They all trigger that part of your brain. It's an instant gratification part of your brain, right? So delayed gratification, science has proven that people who are better at delaying gratification are uh, more focused, more productive, and produce better results. They get They get paid more, they're happier, all of these things. So there was a study that was done in Stanford. It's referred to, commonly referred to as the marshmallow study. what they did is they took a bunch of kids and they locked them in a room, right? Uh, It was a little nicer than that. But they they put them in a room and they put them in this room. And what they did is they put a marshmallow in front of them. And technically it was a marshmallow or a a pretzel stick, whatever they preferred. Uh, But they put a marshmallow in front of them and they said, if you leave this marshmallow till I come back, I'll give you a second one, right? And so they left the room. They didn't tell the kids how long they were going to be gone. They left the room for 15 minutes, right? And then they came back. Now... Some of the kids, as soon as they left the room, they grabbed the marshmallow and ate it because, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush or whatever, right? So they just ate it immediately. They wanted the instant gratification. And then there was a second set of kids that, you know, they looked at it and they fought with themselves and they just didn't want to take that marshmallow because they knew that a second one was coming if they could wait. But they didn't know how long they were going to wait. So they fought, they fought, they fought. But eventually they gave in and they grabbed that marshmallow. And then there was a third group that just held off until the person came back. And when the person came back, they were given a second marshmallow. They delayed the gratification and because they were able to delay the gratification, they got more out of the experiment. Now, they then took these kids and they followed them into their future, into their careers. And what they found is as they became adults, the kids that were able to delay the gratification, that were able to delay uh, taking the marshmallow until the, uh, the practitioner came back, end up being happier, ended up being healthier, ended up making more money, ended up being more fulfilled in their lives in virtually every area. So the ability to delay gratification became a marker of future success. Again, this comes back to flexing the mental muscle. If you're able to flex the mental muscle to hold yourself back, have a strong enough will to not not jump in, right, Uh, you're going to have stronger cognitive strength, you're going to have stronger memory, and you're going to have stronger focus. Right? So, for example, I practice this all the time. I practice my delaying gratification for myself all the time because I know that the more I practice this, the better I get at it. For example, I'm really hungry right now. I'm super hungry right now, and I wanted to go get lunch, and I told myself, great, Xander, you can go get lunch once you record this episode. Right, So I'm delaying my gratification of getting food, sitting down, relaxing, having a nice meal um, until after I get something done, after I get this work done. Right? So I'm delaying my gratification, I'm delaying the thing that I want by doing something that I need to do first. So practicing delayed gratification is uh, one of the most important things that I've implemented. Now, the third thing that I tell everybody to implement is a digital detox, okay? And I do this in several different ways, um, but I digital detox uh, twice during the day and once during the week. And what I mean by that is every day, I do not go on my phone or have any electronics for the first hour of my day or the last hour of my day, right? And then once a week, I do my best to take a full day off. Sometimes it's not a full day off of electronics, but a half day off of electronics at least, right? Now, the reason that this is so important, I want you to think about this. Our brain has not evolved in the last 50,000 years. But think about how much input, sensory input, sensory overload, sensory overwhelm, how much more we've started to take in in just the last 50 years. How about even in just the last 10 or 20 years? Right? It's infinitely more. It's 100x. It's 1,000x. It's 10,000x with, with the internet and social media and, and Netflix and, and you know, all the lights and all the, the TV screens and all of that stuff. Our senses are completely overwhelmed. The amount of input that is going into our brain is so much greater than our brains were ever designed to handle. And because of that, our brains are actually going into sensory overload. Now, this digital detox is one of the most important things that I've ever done. So The first part of it, think about it. If I don't go on my phone first thing in the morning, that comes back to the delayed gratification, right? Most people, when they first wake up, they have their phone in the room. They pull it out. They go straight to social media. They get a dopamine hit to the brain because they crave. They crave wanting to see what's going on social media. They crave wanting to see the messages that have come into their inbox or the likes that are on their posts and things like that, right? But I don't allow myself to look at my phone for an entire hour. So I'm instantly delaying gratification and I'm preventing my brain from being bombarded for at least an hour so that I can focus on more important things. I can I can do uh, some meditations some visualizations. I can do some body and breath work to really get my blood flowing before I start bombarding my brain with a bunch of shit. Now, the second part during the day is before I go to bed. And this is really important because it'll help you sleep better. Now, scientifically proven, your sleep is one of the most important things for your health and wellness and specifically your focus during the next day. Um, I found that when I get good sleep, I don't even need any caffeine. And I'll talk about that in a second. Right. And so the, one of the best ways that I get good sleep is by cutting off all electronics, at least an hour, sometimes an hour and a half or two hours before bed. Um, and blue light blockers have also been incredibly helpful for me. If you don't know what those are, they're light blockers that prevent the blue light coming into your brain. And that triggers all sorts of issues, uh, with your body, uh, your circadian rhythm and things like that. But, um, specifically no phones, no computers, laptops, or anything like that over an hour before bed so that my brain has the opportunity to 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 kind of wind down and relax and disconnect from all the bombardment from the day ahead right and then the same thing for once a week when you can create that space when i cre- when i have that day where i'm not uh, i'm not on social media i'm not on the internet or anything like that you'd be surprised at how much how much creativity how many things you can how many problems you can solve when your brain's not focused on taking inputs but rather on taking the world around you and your situations and working creatively, 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 there we go. That's the word I'm looking for creatively to solve the problems that you already have in your life, right? So digital detox is one of the most important things. And that's number three, number four, cutting out caffeine, right? Now, this might be like blasphemy to a lot of you guys, you might be like, Sander, how dare you, right? You can't be an entrepreneur and not have caffeine. Well, it's true. I actually haven't drinking, I haven't drank in coffee in over I think it's over at three and a half years now. Um, I couldn't even tell you how long it's been. And actually, I'll take that back. The only times that I have drank in coffee, caffeinated coffee, is when I'm on vacation. Now, this sounds super weird to people, right? But caffeine is actually one of the most addictive substances that we have in our world today. Caffeine. And what, what happens when you drink caffeine? First of all, I want to bust the myth that caffeine actually helps you focus. It doesn't, right? So everybody thinks that caffeine helps you focus. But what it actually does, caffeine actually does uh, two things. Number one, um, it actually gives you a, it's a vasodilator. So it's more of a body pump. So it, your, your heart does pump and your adrenals start to go. So you feel energized But because it's a vasodilator, it actually pulls blood from your brain. So you can actually be less focused because of coffee. It's great for working out or, you know, a lot of scientific studies have shown that caffeine is really good for, you know, uh, working out or, or cardio or weightlifting or anything like that. But in terms of focus, it can actually hurt you, right? the second thing that I tell people is it's actually emotional scaffolding. So it's the reason it's so addictive is because when you drink caffeine, it actually makes you feel happy. It triggers happy hormones in you as well. So that's why a lot of people, they talk about, you know, I'm so grumpy before my caffeine. It's because, well, yeah, you haven't actually moved through a lot of your emotional baggage and your emotional crap. Right. And you're just using caffeine as an emotional scaffolding to to cover up all your shitty foundations of of what you really need to work through. So it's just an emotional scaffolding scaffolding. And what ends up happening is when you drink caffeine, you have these really high ups and then these really deep downs. And what I found is when I used to drink a lot of coffee, and I did, I I drank coffee for years, and I, I did bulletproof coffee and I did all the different types. What I found was I would get these really big ups, but then I would have these big crashes, right? And it didn't matter what type of coffee I had, if I had Bulletproof or if I had it sustained throughout the whole day. By the end of the day, I would just completely crash, right? And uh, what I realized was all that caffeine was doing was it was emotional scaffolding. It was giving me a vasodilator to make me feel happier, but I I was lying to myself, right? And the truth is if you get great sleep, right? and And you take care of your body and you eat properly, you don't actually need it. So I haven't drinking coffee in three and a half years because I found that when I don't drink coffee, I actually have more sustained focus and energy for a longer period of time. There's a reason that I can can wake up at four in the morning and continue to work all the way till seven or eight at night if I really wanted to without any come down, without caffeine. It's because caffeine was giving me these sharp highs and these big lows, but when I don't have caffeine, I have the sustained high energy. So the things, if you want to give up caffeine, uh, I always tell people to start by pushing it back, not, not using it immediately to start your day. So if you wake up at six or seven, don't drink coffee until nine or ten, right? And then limit limit your intake um consistently throughout the day. Don't just drink one big cup of coffee. If you want one cup of coffee, drink, uh, you know, drink a quarter at nine, a quarter at eleven. Uh, a quarter at one and then, you know, the, the end of it at two or something like that. And you also want to be done with it relatively early in the day. Normally I used to, I, I when I first started doing this, I would stop around 2 PM so that I could wean myself down and actually get to sleep at night. Um, but, uh, but you want to, you want to, uh, trim it down and you want to not start your day with coffee because again, this comes back to delayed gratification, right? If the first thing you have to do is drink coffee, well, now you're teaching your body that you cannot run without coffee. You can't be happy without coffee. You can't achieve anything without coffee right? But if you just push it back an hour, two hours, three hours, and you start to accomplish things without coffee, you'll prove to yourself that you don't actually need it. Now, the next thing that I tell people to do after they do that is uh, completely cut off coffee and just switch to green tea and see what happens, right? And what most people find is when they cut off coffee for the first couple of days, they're irritable as shit because like I mentioned, it's emotional scaffolding, right? But when they find, what they find is after about the course of a week of dealing with that, maybe you have a little bit of withdrawals and you just switch to green tea, you'll find that green tea, because green tea is actually based in theanine, not caffeine. It's a more sustained mental focus. So, theanine actually acts on the brain, not just the body as a vasodilator, right? So, you actually will be more focused from things like green tea or matcha. You'll actually have better cognition, whereas coffee just affects the body for the most part. So, uh, and then in the end, if you want to fully cut out caffeine, green tea, matcha, all of that stuff, then you can go to that point. I'll still drink green tea But I will cut out, I've cut out coffee completely. I haven't drank any in about three and a half years unless I am on vacation. And I just, I love coffee. So I'm just going to enjoy a a nice coffee while I'm on vacation. So the last thing, uh, the last thing, the last habit that I've uh, implemented over the last five years that has helped me uh, be more productive and more focused and accomplish more in my life is cold therapy right so every morning uh every morning i jump into a cold plunge at 39 degrees and it is cold especially during winter when you're walking outside and you can already see your breath in the air that sucks i'm not going to lie it's never fun right but here's the truth every morning if you do something hard if you do the hardest thing first thing in the morning the rest of your day is easy right the rest of your day is easy so what this does is that actually releases in your brain it releases Uh, A combination of dopamine and norepinephrine, which is literally the hormonal combination for liquid motivation. So I go do the one thing that I hate doing every morning. Now, if you don't have a cold plunge, do a cold shower, right? I go do the one thing that I hate doing every single morning. And when I go do that afterwards, I feel motivated. I feel inspired. I feel, I feel excited to go accomplish more. And I have more focus because norepinephrine and dopamine combine in your brain to create liquid motivation and the focus hormones as well. Most people don't realize that you have all the ingredients to be a superhuman high performer already in your brain and body. You don't need neuro enhancers. You don't need NZT and caffeine and and modafinil to access it. You just need healthy habits to get it regularly and consistently in a sustainable way that you can do for your entire life. So these are the five health habits that I have found work best for me. I highly encourage uh, everybody to test out your own, but I will tell you right now that of the dozens or couple dozen that I have tried, these are the ones that I found consistently working for me, helping keep me productive and focused and getting shit done um, and happy and fulfilled without any big big drop-offs or anything like that and overworking, burnout, or anything like that. So hopefully this has been helpful. Uh, But remember, don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing. So make sure you implement what you've learned here with us. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've got any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com and grab your copy of the Shit You Don't Learn in College book available now. All five-star ratings on Amazon. You will absolutely love this one. It's going to be an absolute game changer. Have a good one.